You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And, you know, we are very big fans here of the podcast on thinking forward, looking forward, focused on innovation, not dwelling on the past. But I do think we need to know where we've been or where we've come to understand what got us here we're at today. And I also think it's important for us to put a little context around things because, I, I hear this a lot where people are, you know, referring to, you know, hey, you know, these last 18 months have been a roller coaster and, and you know, this, these blue chip projects have been around. But I think it's important to have like a, a, an understanding of the timeline of events that have really happened um, in this NFT space over the last, let's just say, 18 months or so. And, and so what we're going to do on today's episode is I'm going to kind of walk you through. I'm not going to go all the way back to 2017, but I'm going to kind of you know, bring us into 2020, you know, some of the highlights, some of the big you know, important things to understand that happened last year, and then some of the things that you probably thought were just like, hey, this project's been around for forever and this project is OG. And you might be surprised that some of your favorite projects or projects that you look up to have actually been around only since January or since uh, you know February or March or even April or May. So with that being said, we are going to jump into that. Um, real quick, remember we are doing, you know, we are counting down to November 11th where we will be selling our Mosaic collection. Uh, we also have a, a an AI art drop uh, tomorrow on Nifty Gateway at 11.11 a.m. We'll have two pieces that will go live. Actually, if you're watching uh, the YouTube video or the live video, you can actually see the art behind me uh, on the green screen uh, that I created for uh, this week's drop. And you know, I just want to say thank you for everyone that helped us sell out uh, our very, my very first uh, AI art drop uh, this past Friday. And you know, excited. I'll, I'll tell you, the amount of people that are interested, it seems, uh, for uh, tomorrow's two pieces, uh, should be a heck of a lot of fun as the drop happens. But with that being said, let's jump into kind of like the history here. And and for full context, you know, I launched um, my creator coin, ADHD coin, um, back in March of 2020. I first created a kind of like a, a online, uh, let's just say NFT focused account in uh, I believe it was in October of the year before for Top Shots. When I first heard about Top Shot coming out, um, I believe the NBA was in the bubble at the time with the pandemic. Um, and I was like, oh, this is like fantasy football for fantasy basketball, but there's also like these like, you know, capturable moments. And so I'm not, I haven't been around since the early, early days. And I actually interviewed um, Mac, who was one of the co-founders of CryptoKitties um, and Dapper Labs. Uh, you can go back and listen to that episode of the podcast if you want some of that like historical, historical information. But just to bring people up the stage, we'll start at kind of where we were and kind of work our way up. 2017, CryptoPunks, CryptoKitties launched. 
2019, uh, MetaMask kind of started to create a, a product that started to be you know, used for kind of the NFT world. And then October of 2020, um, Topshot launched on the Flow blockchain. That was kind of the Topshot. You know, when I when I hear people what got them into NFTs, there's really like three things that people tell me, right? It's Topshot, it's Beeple, and it's Gary Vaynerchuk. Like those are the three things that I hear um, more often than not when it comes to where most of our community. Not, not saying everybody, but that's where most of our community kind of um, got onboarded. But I remember um, sitting in a clubhouse room in February of 2021. So we're just going to fast forward to February of 2021. And Ferocious, uh, the 18-year-old uh, you know, digital artist, um, he, colla- he, was, he actually dropped, um, you know, a, he, I think he dropped one of his first pieces in, um, in that February of 2021. Um, and it, I can't remember how much it sold three or $4 million worth of sneakers that he did like a sneaker collab. And I remember people were buzzing about it in clubhouse. And that was like, kind of like my first, like hearing about, wow, okay, these NFT things have like this kind of, um, you know, virality. And then of course in March, um, there was the most expensive, uh, NFT tweet of all time, which was Jack Dorsey, um, that he actually, he minted the first tweet ever on Twitter and it dropped and it sold for millions of dollars in March. And that happened to be the same March that Beeple, um, you know, resold um, one of his pieces of artwork for $6.6 million leading into the Sotheby, the Christie's, Christie's auction that he had, which is really, I remember, I mean, I remember this day where I was when I heard that, you know, his, his piece sold for $69.3 million in March. So that was just March of last year, if you're listening to this right now, at, you know, around the time of recording. And that was his first 5,000 days drop. Um, and I will just tell you that, you know, that's the inspiration for the podcast. It's the inspiration for our collection. But I didn't really understand all the nuances of that until the fall. And I'll, we'll talk about that um, as we go. But if you think about it, this was, you know, that, that Beeple drop in March was before most of the projects that you're aware of. Really, probably the only project that most of you, you know, besides CryptoPunks and CryptoKitties and some of those legacy ones, I know some people are, are CyberKongs uh, fans, and, and CyberKongs dropped in that March. But then it was really April where people kind of got aware of a lot of other things. I remember being in Clubhouse, and I remember, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club was doing rooms um, in, in like late February or late March, uh, announcing that they were going to do their pre-sale April 23rd. And then I remember V Friends and Gary Vaynerchuk did a clubhouse room um, announcing that that V Friends would launch in May. He didn't really give us a time, but he just was telling people, teaching people how to get their MetaMask and the fact that you needed a certain amount of ETH. And then, of course, you know, in that April is when Board Ape Yacht Club um, pre-sale happened on April 23rd. Um, I remember May 1st was the, the, the first time that the Board Ape Yacht Club was actually trending on Twitter. So this was May of last year that um, Board Ape Yacht Club was trending on Twitter. About a week later or so, uh, both MeBits and VFriends launched. Um, and just for context on that, most people talk about the $92 million that VFriends um you know, earned from the mint. It took 13 days, I believe, to mint out. Um, the gift goat, I think, was the last ones of that collection. And don't hold me to the, the, the these, like, the little details don't really matter. But what I think the more important part of this is this was just May of last year. So the almost, you know, start of summer, 
and we had Board Ape Yacht Club, Mevitz, V Friends, and Gutter Cat Gang. All of them just kind of launched around that time frame. This was also the time frame that in June was the first time that OpenSea came a household, a much more household name. And that's because they actually jumped this past June from 100 million, 150 million in sales to over 329 million in sales in July. So all of a sudden with MeBits, VFriends, um, you know, of course, CryptoPunks um, kind of exploding, you had CyberKongs and Board Ape Yacht Club all dropping, you know, that June, July secondary market started to explode. And then, you know, walking into that summer, we had Cool Cats Mint, um, World of Women dropped. Uh, I remember World of Women dropped, it was a .08 mint, but you could mint as many as you want, only 20 per transaction. And I remember that some of the gas prices that were, that were friends of mine, you know, were minting back then, right? And the, the gas prices were almost more than the 0.08 mint um, for uh, World of Women. Boss Babies, um, all, or Boss Babies, Boss Beauties uh, also dropped around that same time. And then in that summer, so if we just look at last summer, you know, a summer ago, the, this is when we had things like Art Blocks launched um, the very first Fendenza um, drop. We had Axie Infinity, one of the first games where you were actually it, it kind of got a little bit more mass adoption. There used to be, there started to be that play to earn conversation. Um, we had Lazy Lions dropped, Crypto Dads, Fame Lady Squad. Um, this was also in the summer when Fame Lady Squad was exposed that there was actually Russian men that were posing as women founders um, that launched Fame Lady Squad, which anyone that listens to the podcast knows I've actually had all three of the co-founders that took over that project after those Russians uh, were, were exposed. Um, the three people took it over, Board Becky, uh, Data NFT, and NFT Ignition. They've all been guests on the podcast. But that all happened that summer. We also had Loot, um, one of the kind of like fantasy uh, wordplay uh, NFTs dropped that summer. And then also Rarible launched, one of the, the first marketplaces um, that wasn't just like PFP art and also had um, more than just kind of one blockchain uh, available to it. And so that was most of the summer last year. And so if you're listening to this right now, oftentimes people make it make you feel like these shits have been around for forever. But a lot of the projects that you've heard of, I haven't even mentioned yet, right? Most of the ones that you're holding, like maybe Lazy Lions, maybe Crypto Dads, maybe Fame Lady Squad. But it wasn't until kind of, so August happened, right? We're getting into August of last year. We had the Nouns Dow drop. And I remember Man, I kick myself. This is probably one of the ones I kick myself more so than anything else. Um, the Nouns Dow dropped, and I believe I was saving my ETH for, um, man, I can't remember the name of the project. This is how good the project was. Uh, it didn't even last on OpenSea a couple months. But rather than jumping into Nouns Dow, I actually jumped into a different project. Now Nouns Dow is one of the you know most uh, cherished and worthy uh, you know NFT projects that have been out there. But then, you know, in August, I remember, you know, Stephen Curry was the one of the first, you know, major athletes that put his profile photo as a bored ape. And that was a, you know, it, that hit a big, um, you know, mainstream attention. That's also when Sotheby's actually auctioned off um, 101 bored ape yacht club NFTs, along with like MeBits and a couple um, crypto punks for over $24 million in that August. And so I look at that August as there was a lot of people that were building and talking about their collections that they learned. They, they learned about NFTs in, in May, June from Board Ape Yacht Club, V Friends, and Top Shots. They started to build them through the summer. 
August came, and then September is when we saw a lot of drops, right? So um, Dead Fellas dropped, Animice dropped, Crypto Chicks, the original Crypto Chicks dropped, um, CPG, uh, CPG, Crypto Package Goods um, dropped. All of this kind of happened in September. And then September was also, September, October, was also the time frame that Solana started to pick up, I would say, NFT momentum to where they started to really assert themselves as the second most, um, you know, I would say popular uh, NFT uh, location. Now, we can argue if they're second most popular, but this was actually, you know, Magic Eden didn't exist yet. We were doing it on SoulSea or SoulArt. Um, Solana was definitely still very, if Solana felt very crypto, very like unhinged, where we started to be able to use OpenSea and we had a lot of these things that were going on. But, you know, gas prices then were a little bit crazy, but... That was August, September. Now, October. So right about a year from right now, if you're listening to this episode around when we launched it, there was a whole slew of projects that dropped exactly a year ago. And many of them are going to have their one-year birthday this month. And one of the ones that I jumped in big on was Playboy NFTs. Uh, Playboy NFTs was one of the first ones to allow fiat and credit card purchases that also put the NFT on the main net into your MetaMask wallet. And it was, it was wild. I remember the, the, like the weak mint process that was going on there. Um, and you know, it was so hard to get on the, on the, on the list. And then you, once you got it, they sold out so quickly, but we also had, um, you know, doodles minted there. And funny enough, I remember I had enough ETH to buy a second playboy NFT or a first Doodles NFT, and I chose a second Playboy NFT uh, back then. Um, this was also when um, Kaiju Kings had come out, and then one of the most hyped NFT projects um, with you know a Discord. They were giving away a, a Lamborghini in their in their Discord. Their Discord had over two hundred thousand members. That was the Mechaverse raffle. Uh, I've talked about that on the podcast uh, a couple times because, well, I won the raffle on that, and I I rode that thing to a a high point of eight ETH when ETH was 4K. Uh, and I wrote it all the way down to one ETH when I, I sold it this past January. But um, Mechaverse really shook up the entire market because it was the most hyped launch. And then when the art revealed, it was also really one of the biggest kind of drop-offs directly after art reveal that we saw. And one could argue it, this is when a lot of the trends started to emerge, November, December of last year. So a lot of the trends that we are very familiar with right now, those trends have not had their first year anniversary. Something like premint.xyz, something like Collabland that actually worked. Like those things did not exist a year ago right now. And that's why this is such an important you know, episode that I believe is because it's easy to feel like you missed the boat, right? The good old days. But let's also remember the good old days weren't that long ago. And there's a lot of things that we can learn from, but there's also, you know, in retrospect, there's a lot of things that I look at and be like, if we had this, this would have went different. Or if I had known what I know now, holy hell, I would have made different decisions. But that also leads us into November 1st, which is actually when, um, you know, I believe for me, that's when everything went to another level. And that was NFT NYC. Um, I remember, you know, going on the train up from DC to, to, um, you know, New York. And, you know, it was also a, a reminder, the lack of diversity in this space that November, because up until then, you know, we had a couple of women's projects that launched. There was the crypto bros, but I will tell you, there was very few, if any, women on stage at that, at that November NFT NYC. 
there was very few minorities walking around and were part of the of the communities there um, at the NFT NYC. And I, I remember to me that being a very glaring um, gap, and it's still a gap that we have not done a great job of solving, but it's definitely one that I think spurred a lot of collections um, that dropped kind of, you know, kind of after that. But in full context, you know, November 1st was the NFT NYC. November 4th uh, and 5th is when we started brainstorming uh, this podcast and buying an NFT every day for a year. And then six days later, November 11th, we launched our podcast. So November 11th, right after NFT NYC, we decided to launch our podcast here. And I'll tell you, during that time, you had um, Clone X launched. You had the MFers launch, which one could argue their meme style um, and kind of like, uh, you know, kind of F you to the man uh, approach was really interesting to see how the MFers uh, kind of emerged. Because like the MFers were very, um, I wouldn't even say polarizing, but they were, it was a unique approach to a project. And like it's funny to say that now because like if you look on IC tools or any of the the tools now, the name we have, we have dick butts and butt jokes and penis heads and the noodle the nudies. I mean, I mean the names of these projects and and like the the envelope that we're pushing are all over the place right now. But it wasn't that way um, kind of back then. And then you know that led into kind of November where we had Artifact uh, was actually bought by Nike. In December, um, you had the Proof Collective. They dropped their NFT. I remember I was on the list to buy it. I believe it was one ETH, um, and I didn't. I was like, I'm not going to spend one ETH on that on that pass. Oh man, do I miss that? I mean, CPG was the same thing. I was in the clubhouses that CPG was kind of born into, and I didn't see, I didn't see the magic of the membership model, and like the builder community model that both Proof Collective and CPG were building. I just didn't see it at the time. And I, you know, hey, you know, such is life. Um, also, one of my favorite projects dropped back then, Alien Friends, uh, Psychedelics Anonymous, uh, the Inbetweeners dropped there in December. We actually dropped our NFT, uh, where we dropped 22 founders NFTs and 365 uh, of our super uh, super powered uh, NFTs that we dropped December 12th. So we dropped our very first collection there. Of course, sold out um, in January. But I, I say all of that because that just brings us to the start of this year, right? And you know, I remember, you know, we sold out of, of our you know, collection around the same time that we did, we hit episode uh, 100 uh, of the podcast. And, we, you know, a lot of these things. And that January was really interesting because Looks Rare, the, the first market to kind of uh, take aim at OpenSea directly, uh, Looks Rare was, was created and dropped. It was, the, it was one of the, I remember like you had these Looks Rare tokens and you were going to make money um, on like how all that w- was kind of going down. And then Azuki launched, right? Many people talk about Azuki um, as if it's as old as CryptoPunks or even as old as VFriends or Board Ape Yacht Club, but they actually dropped on uh, January 12th. And then we had this kind of emergence of like alpha group inner circles, like 888 inner circle dropped. Um, you had a lot of, I would say, spinoff um, rug radio. Uh, a lot of these like you know, you had to pay a membership or a token or an NFT to get into a lot of these alpha clubs around January, um, uh, February timeframe. And then that kind of like brought us into, you know, what ended up being probably one of the biggest news stories was when Yuga, um, the, the parent company for Bored Ape, 
uh, announced in, I believe it was in March, that they announced that they bought uh, CryptoPunks and MeBits, right? Two of those projects um, in March. And, and in March, they also uh, launched the ApeCoin in the Yuga network. So, you know, this is such an interesting thing for context because, you know, a lot changes in this space and we go really, really fast. But there's a lot of things that have still just been brand new. Like, you know, March of this year, Moonbirds did not exist. OK Bears did not exist on Solana. Goblin Town did not exist, right? So Moonbirds and, uh, and OK Bears dropped um, in April. Uh, Goblin Town uh, dropped in, on May 19th. Uh, of course, the next NFT NYC was um, in, in, the, in the June timeframe. You know, for us, you know, not only, you know, it was great that we sold out of our, our um, you know, NFT projects, but we also debuted our proof of podcast NFTs that many of you hold uh, that are listeners to the podcast. But I, I say all that because it brings us to right now. And I've heard a lot of Twitter spaces recently, and people are talking about like, you got to go in and buy into the projects that are are blue chips because they've been around for so long and, um, you know, they're at the top for the most volume. But I will just say, like, there is so much runway and so much room for great projects that have either not been minted yet or have been minted and have been building and building and building and have just yet not got the, the public attention or have not been infused with a bunch of new blood. And, and we've seen some projects kind of pop off um, that are newer. Renga, Renga happens to be one of them. Uh, we did mint the Art of Seasons uh, Renga project here uh, in our uh, NFT uh, component, right? We minted them here um, in our collection. You know, we minted Dead Friend, uh, Dead Fellas, uh, their Skull Troopers in our collection. We did the the Little Pudgies, which is the Pudgy Penguin uh, little project that we uh, minted as well. Uh, the Probably Nothing uh, NFT project, which just dropped uh, theirs as well. And so I think all of, I say all of that, I give you all of that context. And I think this is an important episode because there's a lot of people that are going to feel like they're on the outside in or like they don't understand all of the nuances. But here's the truth. I believe that a lot of the things that worked back last year, especially, no longer work today. Even, I would argue, a lot of the strategies that that worked in January, February, and March of this year were things that would not work today. Now, I think April, May, June, right, from, from the Moonbirds drop to OK Bears to the Utes list, um, you know, to a lot of the, you know, kind of projects that are in and around um, those kind of e- ecosystems. But, like, I remember when the Mutant Ape Yacht Club dropped, right? Mutant Ape uh, Yacht Club, I think they dropped, I think it was the summer, I think it was August, aug- end of August uh, of last year is when the Mutants dropped. And it was one of the first kind of like second projects. And I think it was originally only for, you know, original holders, right? And then there was a lot of pushback and and backlash around that. And it's so funny because now so many projects are are dropping their third and their fourth and their fifth and they have lands and they have gaming and they have tokens. And and I just think it's really interesting to think about it, the fact that, you know, Board Ape Yacht Club announced their pre-sale April 23rd of 2021, It wasn't until March, 11 months later, that they dropped the ApeCoin, which was their, you know, kind of coin, um, you know, as far as adding tokenomics within their ecosystem. So here's my message. For all of us that are impatient, right? Raise your right hand right now that you're, if you're listening to this podcast, 
If you're driving, don't raise your right hand. Or if you're on a treadmill, don't raise your right hand. But raise your right hand and say, I am the most impatient human being in the face of the earth, and I am an NFT owner, right? Because we are the most impatient people because we want a game tomorrow. We want a full metaverse environment. We want tokenomics. We want staking. We want all of these things. But if we look at the context and many of the projects we look up to, they were building during a bull market during an explosion of liquidity, we had the airdrops of the of the different coins that we were airdropped, um, you know, just for you know what we were you know doing in transaction vol- volume, and then on top of it, it still took them eleven months to drop the ape coin. And I mean, for me, that ape coin is a drop that I will never forget because I was exploited and and my wallet was compromised via the ape coin exploit. Um, it had nothing to do with Yuga. It was someone that you know it was an exploit that was built around that. But I just think it's important for us. You know, we didn't, I did an episode a couple of days ago calling, you know, we must slow down to speed up. And funny enough, that's actually the name of one of the art pieces that I will be dropping tomorrow for our AI art drop. But we also just have to recognize that although this space changes fast and everything is fast paced and there's lots going on. I mean, we're, we're doing a podcast every single day for, for heaven's sake. It's also just important to recognize that even some of the projects that you look up to haven't been around that long. And they're still learning as well. So we need to hold them accountable. We need to give them grace. We need to have empathy. And we also have to recognize that if you are thinking about launching a project right now and you've decided it's probably not the right good time for you, good for you. And it's not a bad thing to wait. It's not a bad thing to hold back. If I had to do it all over again, I would have dropped our NFTs originally on Ethereum, right? When we, we dropped ours on the Layer 2 Rally Network when we sold our uh, NFTs back in December of, of 2021. And, you know, hey, we sold out. We sold 22 of them at $5,000. We sold 365 of them at $365 USD. But they're the secondary volume, a lot of the lessons that I learned back in December. But here's the funny part. No one was really talking about those things back then. Now it's conversation with every project that I'm advising. We're talking about where's the attention? How are you marketing to your existing holders versus the future holders that you want? How are you onboarding Web2 people? How are you teaching MetaMask? How are you thinking about which secondary markets make the most sense for your project? And, you know, where do the, like, things like a music NFT fit in here, right? I didn't even mention, you know, like, Spotty Wi-Fi's, you know, uh, first, uh, you know, NFT, music NFT that he dropped. You know, we had him on the podcast. Of course, we had, uh, you know, the amazing uh, Sammy Ariega on the podcast talking about his drop and uh, and his music collection. I remember that being in the in my wallet. I remember Ape In Productions, their very first one with, with Timberland, and I was able to own an NFT that gives me the musical rights to play the ape shit song um, by Yo Ape in Productions. All of that happened in the fall of last year. And so we are less than a year old with many of the things that we are still using and still building. And so let's remember, there's a lot of space for us to build. There's a lot of opportunity for us to grow. And even if you feel like those OGs are flexing, just remember they're not that OG. They haven't been around that long. And... We've, we've been taught since a young age, don't judge a book by its cover. I'm going to leave you with this. Don't judge someone's thought leadership, someone's influence, someone's knowledge of this space based on the PFP that they're wearing as their Twitter profile or even the NFTs in their wallet. I heard a guy flexing in one of the, the Twitter spaces the other day about how many bored apes he, he bought. 
and how many he owns. I went and looked at his wallet. And I will just tell you, he's upside down for over a half a million dollars in NFTs. Yet he was giving advice on, and the, the reason his credibility was is because he owned six board apes that he bought at the top. Now, hey, we've all bought at the top and sold at the bottom. I'm kind of really good at that. But I just think it's important for us to not only do our own damn research, but don't judge a book by a cover. Remember that we still are just getting started today. We have so much more that we can do together. And even the projects that have been around for a while haven't been around that long. And for me, that just is exciting and opportunity for us to learn together, grow together, because we are greater than me. Until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. And remember, we do have a, the AI art drop happening on Friday, October 7th at 11, 11 a.m. There is only 11 of each available, so make sure you jump over there and get that. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Cheers. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always, this show is not financial.